This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Pro Football Focus came out with their rankings of each position group in an earlier episode of Steelers Standard. We did the offense and we did the defense in another earlier episode. You can find those at Steelers.com if you'd like to give those a listen. But the two position groups that we did not get to were cornerback and the safety position. Just a little recap on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Steelers had all three of their members of the front on as far as defensive line is concerned. Cam Hayward in the top three. Steph Tewitt sitting at number 11 just outside the top 10 and somewhere in the 20s was Tyson Alu-Alu. Obviously, they had T.J. Watt at number two as far as the edge position is concerned behind only Khalil Mack. And at the inside linebacker position, Devin Bush fell to number 17, but still firmly in the mix as far as the top 32 linebackers are concerned from pro football focus. But moving back to the cornerback position, because we did not get to that yet, one Pittsburgh Steeler did make his way onto this list, and a former Pittsburgh Steeler was also on this list just a little bit higher but the one who is a Steeler still is Mr. Joe Hayden. He is sitting at number 17, according to Pro Football Focus. They acknowledge how his career might be on the downward slope, but he has been nothing but steady at the cornerback position since joining the team in 2018, and they don't expect him to be anything less than steady in 2021. He had not Hayden had nine dropped interceptions since 2018 and it's tied for the most at the position nine dropped interceptions so he really could have even been better than what he was but still those dropped interceptions don't turn into completions so those are still very good pass defense passes defended um he has a 77.5 passer rating allowed against him, which is 13th in the NFL since the 2018 season. Imagine if he had right. caught some of those Just nine two dropped or three interceptions. Of them even. It would be even more impressive. But a 77.5 passer rating against in three-year span in the NFL when you're on the wrong side of 30. Very impressive from Joe Hayden. Yeah. He has been a great pro. Uh, one of those guys that you know he's not going to make the Hall of Fame, but when you reminisce about him to your kids 20 years from now, you just say... You know, you might not know who he is, but Joe Hayden was one of the better cornerbacks that I've seen play. He was a hell of a player. And I think the big key here that they touched on in their little blurb is that he needs to just continue the steady play in 2021. The worst case scenario is if the Steelers have Joe Hayden fall off of a cliff. I'm not saying that he needs to go be an all-pro again. I'm not saying that he needs to turn those nine dropped interceptions into all nine interceptions this season. He just needs to be able to not have his game completely get pulled out from under him. Be someone that can be Mr. Reliable, like you said. You're not a world beater anymore, but be the number 17 best corner in the NFL, you know, right in that middle pack. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's where he's at at this point in time, and I think, you know, that's that's a fair rating just because of the fact that at some point he is going to fall off a cliff if he continues mm-hmm. to play, you know, three, four years. You know, I don't know when it's going to be, and we've made this point. It could be this year his play could fall off a cliff. But again, if he stays steady and he just stays, you know, kind of, you know, to the to the level that we've seen him play, even though last year, I think down the stretch, I think he didn't play his best football. Um, you know, I mean, am I am I super confident in the fact that your number one corner is someone that you're just saying be reliable, be steady? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's the best 
ringing endorsement of your number one corner. I think, you know, you'd be fine with that with a, a second or third corner. You know, you're just say, just be steady. Um, and you'd hope that your number one would lock a guy down. Not to say that Hayden can't do that, but, um, you know, with him getting older and he's on the downward, you know, he's on the on the back end of his career, um, you just hope that it isn't this year that his play really regresses. Not to say that he's not still really good. And for him to be in his 30s and to be the 17th best corner, you know, according to PFF, that does speak to him. Uh, there's no question. But I, I just worry that it's going to be this year uh, in the back of my head. Not to say that it will be, but I just worry that his play really drops off this year. That's my that's the Steelers' it, biggest fear, too. I that, think. that could come just from the lack of people around him, too, with the departure of Mike Hilton and Steve Nelson. It's really all falling on to Joe Hayden. Of course, Cam Sutton is there, but Cam Sutton, as Tom mentioned, was not included on this list. Only one Steeler, and that's Joe Hayden, made it to the top 32 cornerbacks in this in this league right now, but I'm sure that has a lot to do with your fear, Kellen, is if you want to fear the worst or you want to hope for the best but prepare for the worst. And right now it sounds like you're preparing for the worst, and that would include Joe Hayden kind of reaching, finally reaching that age plateau, that age wall that so many guys do hit. I mean, father time is undefeated, minus Tom Brady, as we always say, and Joe Hayden probably isn't the only second exception to that behind Brady, so... I understand why you're afraid of that, but again, I look at his consistent style of play while he's been out there. Yeah, maybe his numbers at the end of the season weren't as great, but it still, to me, wasn't as noticeable as other guys' mistakes or other guys' style of play, and I'm looking mainly at the receivers and their drop passes problems, and I'm looking at Ben and his inability to throw the deep ball. To me, I mean, those were much bigger issues and much bigger personal obstacles to overcome compared to Joe's, I guess, because he was so steady, anything that's below par for him is is noticeable. So that's that's the only thing I can think of. But right now I don't I don't see flashes of of him hitting that wall. And if I wanna if we can really quickly look into the two guys, I'm sure we'll get to all other thirty one eventually, but the two guys that are right below and above him. J.C. Jackson of New England and Marshawn Lattimore of New Orleans, these are very young guys. And right now they're playing at about the same level as Joe Hayden is. But the fact that Joe Hayden's probably, what, 10 years older than them, I think speaks very highly to his capable play at this age, the consistency to it as well. Well, you mentioned, Jacob, that the one thing that you'd be concerned about is maybe he doesn't have the guys around him. Well, he certainly did have the guys around him in the past couple of seasons. And according to Pro Football Focus, the – Current free agent, Steve Nelson, is the number 13-ranked cornerback in the NFL. They said Nelson ranks among the top 10 cornerbacks in the league in both completion rate allowed, 53.9%, and passer rating allowed, 75.1, among 68 players at the position who at least saw 100 targets since the 2019 season. Nelson was the biggest free agent signing in Pittsburgh Steelers history, Two years later, he became a cap casualty. Still on the market, there are a lot of teams that allegedly have interest in his services, and he is just waiting out the best offer and the best fit for him. But, you know, we talked about how surprising it was when the Steelers released Steven Nelson uh, a couple of months back. But you see this list and you realize, you know, sure, you trust the process, Philadelphia 76ers, and... You hope that the GM, who is smarter than all of us combined when it comes to football, knows what he's doing here. But you see that you would have had the 13th-ranked corner and the 17th-ranked corner 
you're looking at maybe the best cornerback tandem in the NFL, especially according to Pro Football Focus. It still stings when you see him on that list and that he's still a free agent. Any chance you still try to approach him and see if maybe he comes back? But then again, that would be the the route to take if he wasn't getting interest, according to a lot of reports. There's a ton of teams that are kicking It's like the half the league that have been reaching out to him. So it's not like he's, you know, I don't have any other offer. I have nowhere else to turn. I'll take a discount and come back. But so. at this point, why the hell not? You know, I mean, if he hasn't been signed at this point, I know he's pro- and I know he has interest from a lot of teams, but if he hasn't been signed yet, why not just send him something? You know what I mean? What's the worst that he says is no, and the worst that happens is, well, he's on your team anymore. He's not. He hasn't been on your team for the last couple months. So, what's the difference? But um, yeah, this uh, looking at you know the fact that um, PFF and I know that their rankings don't necessarily mean anything, but they know a lot about football and. Um, for Nelson to be just outside the top 10 and, and inside the top 15, it really still grinds my gears that, you know, the Steelers still, you know, they didn't bring him back and they didn't even give him an opportunity to come back. That really grinds my gears. It really upsets me. And then seeing the numbers too, um, mm. top 10 in, in, in completion rate allowed and passer rating allowed um, since 2019. Yeah, that one stings. But I mean, we, we all know that Nelson is going to find a spot and he's, going to start for whoever it is that, that takes him. And you know what? He's probably going to play pretty good because he is a good corner. But again, it just really stinks that he's not in Pittsburgh anymore. And it's because of, you know, uh, cal- uh, sat- salary, cap, salary issues. cap issues. There it is. Um, but it's just unfortunate that that's the way it had to go. We talked about how Joe Hayden was kind of just Mr. Consistent and maybe it just trailed off, but it wasn't, it didn't hit a wall and just completely plummet at the end of the year. But we didn't have that conversation at all about Steve Nelson during his entire time in Pittsburgh. Right when Joe Hayden no, first he was arrived, a great signing from start to finish. When Joe Hayden first arrived in Pittsburgh, that was the biggest free agent signing we were talking about until Steve Nelson arrived. But even so, Steve, Steve Nelson was the biggest money wise too. They hadn't sure, spent a, sure. as much money on anybody. I mean, but prior Joe Hayden was the bigger name. But I think Steve Nelson was the better player. But Joe Hayden, when he first came in, it wasn't. Joe Hayden at his peak in the Cleveland Browns, his time in the Cleveland yeah, Browns, it was, was done. It was it was very similar to the time at the end of his Browns tenure, but he got better and better with every year. And I and I think maybe this year was the only year where he didn't get vastly better. Just just kind of stayed at the same. But Steve Nelson was at the top of his game for every snap he was playing in the black and gold. Now the only problem that he had was intercepting the ball. I think only had one. In 2019, and I don't know how many he had this past year, but still, I mean, in terms of passer rating against, he is as as good as they come, if not for the the elite of the elite. And it's upsetting, as Kellen lamented, that you would really, you really thought that this was going to be a non-issue returning, uh, getting Steve Nelson to return. It was just a combination of Joe Hayden and Cam Sutton and Mike Hilton who would return of those three. None of us were considering or, or throwing out Steve Nelson's name as a cap casualty, but here we are. And so I, I turned the, the discussion to the guy who ranks two spots above Steve Nelson, another free agent at number Gotta 11, bring him up, yeah. Richard Sherman. I think Richard Sherman's probably a lot more affordable than Steve Nelson is. And in terms, in regards to PFF rankings, PFF ranks Richard Sherman two slots better. So if you Not can go only out, that. 
He only played 300 snaps for the Niners last year. He had a lot of injury problems. So in 2019, he, he was off. the highest rated corner in the NFL. 90.3 grade, according to PFF, in 2019 when the Niners went to zero Bowl. He's going to be coming off an injury, but he's also going to be coming off with a lot of free time, a lot of time to rehabilitate. So do you think maybe it's a, it's a viable option, it's an affordable option for the Richard Sherman deal to get done? I don't know how much he's going to want. I also don't know if Richard Sherman looks at the Steelers and thinks that it's the fit that he wants. wants I think that Richard Sherman wants to be on a bona fide, nailed-on Super Bowl contender. And unfortunately, Steelers Nation, I just don't know if that's the... You don't think if he comes in and says, I am now going to be a part of this veteran leadership that I can help this team? You don't think he says that? I mean, he's one of the smarter players in the league as well. And he has to understand that one corner does not make the team a Super Bowl contender. And on top of that, does he fit the Steelers scheme anymore? You know, he's he's a, more of a zone guy and he's not all that he's not all that fast. I mean, he's definitely I, not fast. You know what I mean? He's not he's not the same guy that he was. Does he fit the Steelers scheme? If this was 5 6 years ago, I'd be all over that. You know what I mean? I would be really excited and I think he would fit the scheme better. But now I don't think he fits what the Steelers do, you know? I mean, with as much pressure as the Steeler, Steelers brings, that means a lot of the time they're in man. Does that set up well for Richard Sherman? No, it really doesn't. Um, I mean, if they bring him in, would I be mad about it? No, because of the fact that, I mean, he's a, a former, you know, great and all pro. Yeah, people, but, people have the take that you're just getting a name, but they yeah. wouldn't. He, he's still clearly... He's still a good player. Top 15 in yeah, the position. Right, so. he's still a good player. So, I mean... Would I be angry at it? No, absolutely not. I wouldn't. No, I'd be. be. I'd be pretty happy if that happened. But do I think he fits the scheme? No. Would you rather have Nelson back? Yes. No? Yeah. Oh, well, well, over Sherman. Yeah. yeah. But if if the Nelson's bridge has been burned to the point where there's no rescuing it, I don't think it should be out of the question. At least pursue the idea of Richard Sherman. Don't just let him walk to some stroll away to some other team freely. Before we move on, Jair Alexander from the Packers was the number one rated cornerback on the outside, according to Pro Football Focus. Packers defense is very sneaky underrated. You know what? They got a pretty damn good team there surrounding Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he should just shut up and try to win football games. (laughs) Jalen Ramsey, number two. Marlon Humphrey, number three. We are very familiar with him. Xavier Howard from Miami, I think, is one of the best in the league. He is number four. And number five, James Bradbury in New York, the Gigantes. Look out for the Giants. That defense was on the rise at the end They're of good, last dude. year. They're going to be a good defense. Only team that had two corners in the top ten. Can you guess? The Browns? Nope. Oh, Rams? Nope. You were closer with the Browns. The Ravens? The Baltimore Ravens. Marcus uh, Peters is number ten. And like I said, Marlon Humphrey is number uh, three. One of the best cornerback rooms in the NFL. In fact, I'll just put a stamp on it. It is the best as they have number three and number 10, according to Pro Football Focus. Before we get to safety, I want to talk about they ranked the 10 players, top 10 players at the slot corner position. Mike Hilton landed number four on that list. Yeah. That's another huge blow for the Pittsburgh Steelers, seeing that. But that's a guy at least that you expected to lose in this offseason. Yeah, you knew. You knew that that was probably going to happen. But the, uh, the Steve Nelson one, that one really does sting because yeah. it came out of nowhere. But Hilton, top five as far as slot corners are concerned in the NFL for PFF. Uh, Kenny Moore the second is number one out of Indianapolis. Troy Hill is uh, five for the Brownies, Yes. Too. A guy that I'm really interested in. You were talking about signing Richard Sherman. Look at number seven on the slot cool. corner Brian list. Poole. Brian Poole. Brian hmm. Poole still out there as a free agent. 
You bring this in a is guy exactly like, what the Steelers need. You too. bring in Brian Poole. Talk about Sutton's just on the outside now permanently, and you've got Brian Poole whenever you go nickel, or even if Sutton's struggling, you throw Poole in there on the outside too. Talk about Richard Sherman not being the right fit for the Steelers. Brian Poole is the right fit. Yes, at this position. He has been the 13th most valuable cornerback in the NFL over the past two seasons, and that's despite missing half of 2020 due to the injury that he sustained. He was particularly stingy in coverage. He allowed just 472 yards and over 600 slot coverage snaps. Pretty good. 600 slot coverage snaps, and they didn't get over 500 yards against him. I don't know why this guy's still on the market. I don't know if it's a Nelson situation where there's a lot of teams kicking his tires. But I would be all over Brian Poole if I were the Steelers right now. Yeah, I mean, I guess we don't know, you know, still, you know, if they are looking to make another move. But if he's still sitting there, why why not? I, I mean, mean like, it's a top need ten that, slot guy, right? I mean, it's a need that you have, and it's you know a need that needs to be filled, so you don't have to move. Um, you don't have to. Oh goodness, you don't have to move anybody Sutton, around. You, you don't have, have to move, move Sutton, Sutton on the inside, the which inside. then brings you in James Pierre or right. Justin Lane. You don't have to do that if you would happen to bring in Poole. I'm not saying that that's what they're going to do. I don't know exactly how much money they still have available, but it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's a position that you need, um, and it's a position you know that you know you are worse at right now. And if you bring Poole in, would you be better than you were with Hilton? Probably not. No. But you would, you know, it would definitely be a band aid over a need that needs fixed. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Nickel Robbie Coleman is also available as a slot guy. He's ranked number ten, but based on their blurb, they seem a little less high on Robbie Coleman. They think it's a lot more of having to be in the perfect scheme, the perfect fit for him to still be successful. But Brian Poole, I would definitely kick the tires on Brian Poole if I were the Steelers, and I think that that's a guy you can get on a cheaper ticket than at Richard Sherman. Not just because the name is less household, but also just because you know slot corners go for less than a premier outside cornerback would. So I don't see any reason why they shouldn't at least be very active with the agent of Brian Poole to try to bring him in. Moving on to the safety position, though. Obviously, everybody knows that the Pittsburgh Steelers have one of the elite safeties in the NFL, Minka Fitzpatrick. He's been a first-team All-Pro back-to-back seasons. In fact, he's never put on a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform and ended that season without becoming a first-team All-Pro. So just a tremendous start to his Pittsburgh Steelers career. He had a really good rookie season in Miami as well before that. But great trade by the Steelers. Would have traded a first-round pick for him 10 times over by now with how he's performed. A little shocking, though, where Pro Football Focus has him sitting on their list. Minka Fitzpatrick is the number five ranked safety in the NFL. This is like the same thing of them putting, what, Bud Dupree at 21, 25? Something like that? They do say that some of his exceptional play is built off the back of a couple of games, but he now has nine picks and 11 pass breakups over the last two seasons, including the playoffs. Nine picks over the past two seasons pretty good. at that position is unbelievable. Uh, his value is so much more than what shows up on the stat sheet as well. The passer rating for quarterbacks that targeted where Minka Fitzpatrick was on the field was like somewhere in the 30s this past year, which means you don't throw the ball towards Minka Fitzpatrick. He takes anywhere 39 is, he takes away half the field. And that's part of the reason, you know, maybe why he's so low. Uh, Not so low, five isn't like super low, but um, that's why he's not higher. I think. Well, part of it, I think, is the fact that they just flat out 
team just didn't throw on the side of the field that Binko was on. I know that means you're doing your job, but I guess in the grand scheme of things, number-wise, you know, he's not putting up great, fantastic numbers because of the fact that teams don't really throw towards Minka Fitzpatrick. They, you know, um, I mean, you think about at the end of the year or at the end of games last year um, where, where Minka would bat, the, I mean, I think twice where Minka bat, batted the ball down at the goal line on, on you know, the last play of the game. Um, that happened two times last year. Um, but that's because they're, you know, they were forced to go deep, but teams don't throw the ball his way. I, and I think that's, you know, some, there might be some, I, like I said, I know that Minka's doing his job and that's part of, you know, shutting down that side of the field when you're a safety is a big part of it. But that's part of the reason, you know, that they said that, um, you know, it's some of his plays built on the back of a couple exceptional games, but in the games, he doesn't do anything. It's because they don't throw the ball that way. Yeah, exactly. And that's such a good aspect to the game as well sure right? and when you race half the field you're going to make the quarterback's life a little you're not now. if you're that respected by every other opposing quarterback every other opposing yeah. offense and you're not going to put up crazy numbers doing that you know playing that right. way if teams don't throw the ball your way I mean, you're news flash you know, he does have it? crazy numbers. it was nine the, picks and right. 11 pass breakups over two years it was the cleveland browns game the the game against the browns in what week five week six, six. in pittsburgh when Bill Hillgrove said on the call saying people have been asking, where's Mickey Fitzpatrick? Well, there he is. Pick six. Yeah. He's had two pick sixes in both seasons as a Steeler. One against the Colts his first year here. Which was 99 then, or and then, 102 yards or something. And then one against the Browns in week five. It was a great interception of Baker Mayfield. And, and those are just two flashes. That, that doesn't, those aren't the only two plays he's made while being here. He's done a and Mink is that guy, too, where you know casual fans will say, you know, Oh, I haven't really noticed Minka. Like, uh, you haven't really. Has Minka been out there? He's been invisible. But then people like the Matt Williamsons, who just are nerds for film and just watch the all twenty-two like crazy all year long, and sat there and been like, "Oh, Minka's been great." You know, it's been like, "Oh, right. Minka's been outstanding." I mean, there's nothing that he's doing wrong. He's As been, a quarterback, the biggest endorsement you can make is to not have your name be spoken because no one's throwing near you, right? You don't. You don't have to have your name said. Because if it's not being said, that means the ball is not coming your way for a specific reason. Well, the guys that were ranked ahead of Minka Fitzpatrick, number four was Marcus Williams from the New Orleans Saints. This is the guy who led up the Minneapolis miracle. I mean, this is the guy who just totally whiffed on Stephon Diggs and let him just roll right into the end zone. How the hell is that guy number four? Hey, come on, come on, Florio, what the hell are you doing? John Johnson, the third from the Cleveland Browns, is the number three safety. Big signing from Cleveland. Yeah, he was big. in L.A. last season, but now he comes to Cleveland, and now, according to PFF, Cleveland has the best safety in the AFC North. I don't think John Johnson, the third, is better than Minka Fitzpatrick, and I don't know if there's a GM in the league that would take John Johnson, the third, over Minka Fitzpatrick if they had the choice. And same goes for this guy for different reasons. Harrison Smith was at one point as good as Minka Fitzpatrick. The guy's rookie season was in 2012. He's been in the league for nine years. He's starting to get towards the end of his tenure in the league. And although he's been healthy for the most part of his career, you start to see the downtrend in 2020. Still had five picks and five pass breakups in that season, but still they do no acknowledge the fact that he's getting yeah. a little bit longer in the tooth, and that's an incredibly tough position to play once you start to age out because you got to be one of the best athletes on the field no matter what. Yep. And number one, you know, if you wanted to put this guy at number one and Minka at number two, then maybe we wouldn't have had too big of a, of a stink because maybe I think this is the guy out of Harrison Smith, Johnson third, and Williams – Justin Simmons at number one might be the guy that might be yeah. better than Minka Fitzpatrick. He was the only 
safety over the last two seasons to get a 90-plus grade uh, from PFF, and he has been the number one overall PFF-graded safety for those past two seasons as well. Um, he's had back-to-back extremely excellent years for Denver. He is an absolute stud he's at that stud. position, and that's the one guy on this list that I wouldn't have hated being in front of Minka, but I think the other three is just a little too far-fetched for me. Yeah, I mean, this one I don't really have a, a problem with Justin Simmons. I mean, he's the one that I think, you know, you can make a case for to be better than Minka. I mean, could you maybe talk me into one of those guys, uh, not Smith, Johnson, or Williams? Maybe one, but not all of them. I I, I mean, I'm not saying that, that you know, I, I think if Minka was top three, this conversation would be a little bit different if he was behind Simmons and maybe, I don't know, Johnson or, or I don't know who, but I'm just saying, you know, if it's just one or two, one guy or two guys, okay. But I don't think there's four safeties better than Minka right now. No, and when we were doing our original episodes on the other positions and we said we'll get to the safeties eventually, which we have now, we said expect Minka to be one or two. I think we're all pretty shocked to sit here and see him at number five. This is this is kind of like the Cam Hayward discussion about Cam Hayward should be in the top five, should be in the top three, but he's not. We were we were expecting Cam Five to kind of be a little lower than he was. We were happy to see that he got placed at a higher ranking, but this is a little egregious to say that there are four guys out there better at what Minka Fitzpatrick does. The guy right behind Minka, and we can kind of just wrap up with this thought or maybe one more, is Derwin James from the L.A. Chargers. He's at number six. It says, had it not been for injury, James might be the best safety in the league. But Which that is first, true. That first half of that sentence yeah. is so key. Guy just can't stay healthy. It's mm-hmm. been his biggest problem. He had an 87.8 PFF ranking as a rookie. That's insane to have that high of a ranking. I mean, we just said that Justin Simmons was the only one that cleared 90. He was only two points shy of that as a rookie, but he's only played 299 total snaps in the two seasons since that injury. He's just been... You really, really hope that he can have a second act to his career and he can put these injury problems behind him because if not... I mean, that's a potential Hall of Fame career that he's going to have to sit on his couch with for the rest of his life and look at his knee and look at his elbow and look at all of his injuries and just be like, man, if my body could have just held up. I mean, I'm I'm an all-pro perennially. And it's unfortunate, but this sort of thing happens all the time. You know, I mean, you think of players throughout the course of, of history in the NFL or base, whatever it all is, sports just, all sports. I mean, there's guys that for whatever reason, just can't, can't stay, stay healthy. healthy. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, you know, uh, that's hopefully that's not what's happening with Derwin James, but, but it's a bad trend. Yeah, the past two years are a bad trend. And it's unfortunate too, because, you know, like, like, you know, PFF writes up, you know, that, that um, all, almost every football fan is, is keeping their fingers crossed. And that, like, you know, last year, didn't it? It felt like, Man, they had so much potential, and then it was like a week into training camp that you hear he yeah, tore, Derwin tore James yeah. again, and it's just like unbelievable. This guy yeah. he can't even get on the field for a couple of weeks before right. it's, it's all to hell. Yeah, I mean, it's just and, and hearing or seeing, I guess, that he's played just 299 snaps in the two seasons since you know his rookie year. 
Man, that, that's crazy. But again, and how good do you have to be, by the way, to have these problems and still and still be, and still be considered number six overall? Yeah, right. Which I don't think we're disagreeing, though, right? Like he's no, still no top absolutely. 10, like, no, I said had he stayed healthy, he should. He I, might be better than Simmons and Minka. Yeah. in our minds. Yeah. I think he be. probably. I mean, it's he's only one spot behind Minka, and he's and only he's played. never played. Right. Yeah, exactly. right. Minka's right. been as good as it gets, and that's that's totally disregarding pff's ranking mink has been as good as it gets at that position for the last two years he's at number five but the fact that derwin james is one spot behind him should tell you how good derwin james has been the only other safety from the afc north excuse me i misspoke the only other safety from the afc north that is in the top 10 there Mm -hmm. i fixed it is jesse bates out of cincinnati Great, great safety that they have in Cincinnati. One of the few bright spots that they have on the defensive side of the ball. Chuck Clark from the Baltimore Ravens came in at number 29. Ronnie Harrison, the tandem to John Johnson III, came in at number 30 for the Cleveland Browns. And quickly, the best safety room in the NFL belongs to the Buffalo Bills, according to this. Micah Hyde at number 14, and right behind them is Jordan Poyer at number 15. Mm -hmm. Sounds about right. Couple that with Tredavious White being in the top 15 of cornerbacks. Scary secondary. They got yeah. themselves up in Buffalo, and the Pittsburgh Steelers will pay homage to that week one mm. in the if, NFL season. If this is a top 40 list, do you see Terrell Evans on this list? No. This is a top 50 list. Do you see him there? Fringe. Wow. So he's you're basically saying prove. he's bottom because there's two safeties, so that's 64. If he doesn't make top 50, you're saying he's bottom 15 in his position. Wow, that really seems harsh when you put it like that, yeah. but I kind of think that. Wow. Okay. You know what? No, he's in the top 50. There. You're welcome, Terrell. You're not in the bottom 15. You're firmly in the top 50 of safeties. But, man, that offense is going to get a workout in Buffalo yeah, week sure one. Yeah. No question, especially the no passing doubt. game. Going to need to run the ball against yes. those Buffalo Bills. That's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. Thanks, as always, for listening, and make sure you listen to all of our previous works You can find them at Steelers.com under Steelers Standard. For Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky, I am Tom Offerman. Thanks as always, and we'll talk to you next time.